0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is
1: Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots
0: to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, 161 episodes will be complete in the next 30 minutes or so. My name is Trevor Long from That Are you joining me each and every week? Stephen Fennick from TechGuy.com.au Who is coming to us live from Singapore, where he has been enjoying the state of origins uh, game one <laughs> here in, uh, in Australia, but he's in Singapore. So he got to watch it over there. And unfortunately, is still able to tell me who won and
1: go on. Absolutely, good day, Trevor. Yeah, I think uh, normally your annual declaration of being a Queenslander, Queenslander! occurs around about now. Yep,
0: so, and, and it didn't. It has not stopped. Yeah. I was very clear okay. about that on Twitter.
1: Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Then yeah, <laughs> I, I actually headed down to uh, Robertson Key. There's an Aussie bar, the Boomerang Bar, which is just packed, actually full of Queenslanders. Mm. But it was very quiet at full time. I found. Ah. But uh, anyway. Did you get a it lot of, was, hey, aren't uh, you Stephen was...
0: Fennick from Two Blokes Talking Tech? Ah, uh,
1: there was a couple of fans in there, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, all, all good. <laughs> I try to right. keep a low profile.
0: It's, um, it's episode 161. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au. We'll tell you more about them shortly. But uh, let's get cracking on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, while you were traveling, um, a little bit of news broke, Stephen, about uh, some problems with iOS devices, iPhones and uh, iPads. This is quite interesting, and I think it was Ben Grubb at the Herald who, who pushed this one first, but I've seen it reported in a lot of places. And the idea here is that people's iPhones are being hijacked. Not stolen, not hacked, but hijacked. And how this is happening is people in the middle of the night, probably because the crims are overseas, are getting these messages. Their phone's beeping. They're looking at their phone, and there's a message on the screen that says your phone has been hijacked, uh, by Oleg Bliss or some crazy name, um, you need to send $100 to this PayPal email address. And it's like, what the heck? You, then you try and unlock your phone, you can't. Because what they're doing is they're accessing your iCloud account. Then they're jumping in to find my iPhone, and they're marking your phone as lost or missing yeah. or locked. And when you lock a phone in our iCloud, and I've detailed all of this on the website... You know, you get to say what's what's the new pin code to open it and what message do you want on the screen. And the idea is, remember, this is Find My iPhone. It's a fantastic product, uh, software product that if you leave your phone at the local Westfield, you get home, you go, oh, bugger, it's going to take 20 minutes to get back there. Quickly lock the phone, put a message on it saying, please leave at the you know Woolworths front counter. They can't use the phone. They can't get into it. It's got a passcode on it because you said it and, and you're safe. These guys are coming in remotely and creating a crazy passcode you don't know, and giving you a message of, of ransom, and there's not much you can do <laughs> other than you know completely and utterly reset the phone and lose all your data. So wow. it's a very interesting little scam, mate.
1: Absolutely, yeah, very shrewd, and you know what it, it, it is. You kind of got to take your hat off to these guys. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty smart um, that they found this vulnerability, but I think it goes to show. I think. Uh, and, and you'd agree with me here. There's a lot of Apple users that have got this false sense of security that they think they're 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 not vulnerable to anything. Mm. I think this highlights the fact that you know just because you use an iOS or a Mac, you've still got to keep your wits about you. You have got to protect your information. And how the hackers got their information is it's hard hard to find out. But I think. Uh, this this does highlight the fact that you can never be too careful, mm. and to have different passwords for all your accounts. Because I think it's a process of elimination with, with hackers. They get your information, and they're going to try hack everywhere, assuming you got the same password. And guess what? If you have, mm. you're in a you're in a world of trouble. And there.
0: so the, what what we're saying there is that what, what we're assuming here. Let's be clear: iCloud. Apple have not been hacked. Uh, if they had been, Apple wouldn't have, wouldn't have come out with the basic advice of, you know, go and see Apple and get it sorted and change your password. What's happened here is, let's say there was a big Adobe hack a year ago. Let's say you're an Adobe user. They got your email address. They got your password. Well, if you use that same email address and password, they just go to iCloud. They just log in and, and they're in. So the advice is very simple. Go into, uh, you actually go to appleid.apple.com. Manage your Apple ID, change your password, make it something unique just to that Apple ID, and then you're safe because there's no vulnerability of the Apple system. If your password is unique, you'll be fine. So get in there now, change your password. Um, It's the same password you'll you'll use for when you're buying iTunes music or movies, whatever it might be. So you'll get used to it very quickly, and most importantly, uh, a scammer out there can't get you. And you know, as you say, these these are savvy. Um, scammers and oh, absolutely, yeah. it's it's like the Windows call center scam, you know, where they ring up and and try and dodge you out of cash because your computer's yeah. got problems and whatnot. The problem is, if if the if the cops track someone down and put them in jail because of that, someone else who's just just stupid is going to go. It's a bloody good idea that, and they'll just do it themselves. So because this scam has been created, it's it's now going to be an ongoing scam. Yeah. Um, the, the Australian be- government has put out warnings about it, so it's it's a serious problem. You should change your password.
1: Absolutely, but to be clear, though, Apple have yet to respond to this. Uh, they they're have not...
0: actually. Um, they, uh, I'm just going to find it because um, they, they haven't put out a release about it, right? They yeah. just responded to a couple of specific people who had, um, uh, you know, raised this issue, uh, and they, they
1: haven't claimed responsibility for something being wrong on their end. Is what no, I'm no, saying. no, no. Absolutely, <laughs> and, they're and simply they won't either
0: they're simply saying, um, you know what? Uh, we, we they've acknowledged it. Uh, and you should uh, you should change your password. That's pretty much all they've said, right? Um, yeah. the, the, you know, no need to find the actual statement, but in the end, bottom line, uh, change your password. There to be clear, Apple has not been hacked, iCloud not been hacked, but because of the the continual use by people of the same email address, the same password everywhere, it's a vulnerability in the system. So if you've got an iPhone or an iPad, jump in now, change your Apple ID change password, it. and you'll be Make okay. A different. And we'll talk about another security issue a little later in the show with eBay. You're on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking
1: Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Okay, well, uh, the reason I'm in Singapore uh, this time around is for a launch that happened earlier today, uh, Singapore time. It was for LG's brand new G3 smartphone. Now, cast your mind back to last year, the G2 was the first smartphone to relocate all the buttons to the back of the device. And the advantage of that is that it allowed for a larger screen. Now, with the G3, they've taken that even further and fit a 5.5-inch quad HD screen. So not only is the screen bigger, it's actually doesn't make the device much bigger than the G2. There's only probably a couple of millimeters difference in width, almost the same in length. But you can see, comparing the two, that they've managed to fit a half-inch bigger screen in almost the same space. And this is
0: that new competitive space of percentage of screen to device, isn't it?
1: This is exactly it. And the the G3 claims a record here, 76.3% of the front of the device is screen, which they claim is is the, the record in the smartphone market. Uh, what's also interesting is the quality of that screen now we're talking quad Hd so it's not 4k but it's near twice HD it's quad HD is well hang on if it's quad it.
0: isn't how is quad HD not 4k because 4k well, is four HD screens put together
1: well it, it's it's not quite i don't know why they've come up with that term but in terms of a smartphone screen it's four times what they had before oh. the actual resolution Oh,
0: you know what it'll is, be is, it'll be quad 720p
1: yeah, that's right. It's 2560 by 1440 is the mm, resolution. Mm. But what's the, 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 the really interesting part here is the pixels per inch. We're talking 538 PPI. Now, the retina display on an, on an Apple device is terrific, but that's 326 PPI. Wow. So to really appreciate this screen... You really need to look at it in the flesh. I can talk about it, but unless you see it, you're going to really notice a difference. And the, the device has sort of taken smart as its middle name. It's, it's you know, Simplicity is the new smart is kind of the mantra for this device. It's very intuitive. The, the buttons are still located on the back. It's got a camera that uses laser to, to uh, find out the focal length on your images for faster focus. It's also got a lot of smart features. One I like in particular is called Smart Notice. <laughs> now, if, you've, if, you a people, if you had people ring you, you know, you had a few missed calls or you got, you've had a lot of apps that you haven't used for a while, what Smart Notice does, it reminds you that you've had missed calls from Trevor Long or your wife or whoever, and it says, do you want to ring them back now? It also looks at your app usage and says, these apps, because how many times have you downloaded an app, you use it once, you never use it again. Mm. This says to you, you haven't used these apps for more than 30 days. Do you want to get rid of them and get back some space on your device? Oh. So it's those little features uh, along with another one with that's got a, also a smart keyboard. Now, the number one function on a phone is typing, yeah. Is according to LG. We type on our phone a fair bit. Now, yep. everyone's got different hands and different finger sizes, thumbs, different typing styles. What you can do with this with the smart keyboard is actually make the smart the keyboard taller, so the screw the keys are actually bigger to suit your hand sizes. Oh. That's really cool. Um, one last feature: I know you're a big fan of selfies, Trev. Massive. They've got a really cool feature for selfies, where you turn the camera to yourself and you then hold up your open palm so that the camera finds you. Once you you've, it's done that, you make a fist with your hand. And then a countdown starts to take your selfie. Very what? handy little feature. Really? So, so rather than you having to reach out and hold, hold the phone and, and try to press the button at the same time as you're holding it, all you need to do is hold it and pose because there's no buttons to press because you've activated a timer by making a fist uh, on the screen. Very clever little feature. How would you how,
0: how would you say it compares side by side with the Galaxy S5 and the HCC One, which are of the same kind of um, fl- flagship and size kind of dimension?
1: Great question, Trevor. The Galaxy S5 has uh, it's got a, it hasn't got the same features. It's not waterproofed for a start. It doesn't have things like the heart rate sensor. It doesn't have a fingerprint reader. It's kind of left out those features. It's gone for smarter rather than gimmicky features, sort of thing um it, it's I think it's up there in terms of it it being attuned to your use and how you use your device it's very intuitive that way so it fits to you rather than you having to fit to it that's kind of what I like about it it's very stylish phone too it feels really nice in your hand it looks metallic but it's actually made of plastic they've got like a metal metallic faux sort of finish on the back. Uh, it, it comes with a great great, quick circle case. So similar to the Samsung Smart View, you know, you look through the little window. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. This time it's got a circular window, so it puts a clock there or you can swipe down and access your favorite apps. You can answer calls. It also has wireless charging. It's got inductive induction okay. charging. So there is an accessory and, and, and the, the the phone is ready to go for induction charging all you need to do is buy the accessory and you can sit your device and it looks like a little chair and it actually it, it charges the phone not as quickly as if it would be connected with a cable, but it does charge it wirelessly so you don't have to pull which, out a cable to do it which
0: is perfect for uh, bedside table use and, and or kitchen table use you know it's a fantastic thing to drop S- it on
1: so spot on
0: LG uh, G3 hands on uh, Stephen Finnick is in Singapore with LG and he has photos and a hands on um, uh, information uh, at techguide.com.au And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear Netgear dot com dot au. and if you click on consumer there home and then uh, networking you'll see great information about the netgear nighthawk smart wi-fi router this is their ac 1900 uh, 80211 ac dual band gigabit router a lot of words a lot of jumble there but bottom line this is fast if you uh especially if you're in, you or your kids are into gaming this is the router for you it's been built with gaming streaming and mobile devices in mind because there's features for all of those different applications, especially gaming and streaming, in terms of reducing lag. It's got a uh, 1 gigahertz dual core processor on board, so you're getting the fastest Wi Fi currently available, less lag, and less buffering. And for your mobile devices, no matter where your Wi Fi is, um, your Nighthawk will have you covered with Beam Forming Plus, which basically pushes the Wi Fi to you, directly to where you are, instead of just a kind of scattergun approach of sending it out across the home. So a great couple of features there that really do make this one of the best routers on the market. The Netgear Nighthawk. Uh, Check it out. It is the best looking router you'll ever see. Bold, stealth fighter-like design uh, with three great antennas in wall-mounted or desk-mounted. Easy to do. The Netgear Nighthawk. uh, And uh, they're proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech.
1: You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
0: Now I actually really bloody love this today. Uh, Google, you know, they're a bit half, half and half sometimes with some of their products, especially Google Glass. Uh, I'm, I'm still not really understanding where, where that fits into the world. It's an amazing concept, amazing product, but I don't yeah, see it as being a, a consumer thing.
1: There's a few glass holes that would be diff- have a different opinion of that. Yeah, right? and
0: that's because they're <laughs> glass holes. Um, the, the thing, though, is they've been testing uh, self-driving cars for some time. They've got uh, retrofitted Lexus and Prius cars. They've been driving around Nevada, all these places, California, to do testing of self-driving. This is computerized car that's driving itself through traffic it can detect it's amazing technology it really is it's one of the most amazing pieces of future technology that we'll see because it can it can predict things like you know there's a there's a bike riding up beside me and uh, I think he's he's going to go straight through the intersection I want to turn you know it can look at everything it's not just going I'm on the road I'm in the lane it's very smart and what Google have done today at the, um, the Recode conference, which is the Walt Mossberg uh, you know, rejig of, of what used to be all things D. It's now their, yep. their new big thing over there called Recode is, is his website and, and the, the conference and the like. And they've had uh, Sergey from uh, Google there to launch this self-driving car. Now, what they've got is a prototype vehicle that they have built from scratch. It's not a Prius retrofitted. It's, it's actually a car they've built from scratch. Looks like a bloody koala. I don't know. It's just weird. It does a
1: bit. I thought it looks more like a wombat, actually.
0: Well, okay. Well, yeah, I think if you put ears on it, mate, it's koala. Uh, but, you know, color wise, koala. Uh, but basically, it's two seats in this thing with no steering wheel. In front of you is basically a luggage rack. You sit down, and there's a button in the center console that says go. And, you know, it's just doing test laps around a track at the moment. But an unbelievable concept because why retrofit a car to be self driving when in reality, the, this technology's first application is going to be in some sort of commuting mode. So whether it's taxis in cities, you know, to yeah. take people, take people's cars off the road, this is a great way to do it.
1: It is. It's Total Recall. The Johnny Cab. Have you seen that movie? We Total Recall. Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Johnny Cab is the self-driving cars. Okay. Now, in in the to quote the late uh, great Peter Frelingos, in the income department, Trevor. <laughs> do you think this? Is dead. Do you think this is ever going to hit the road? I do. Are we going to trust? I do gonna trust a machine to drive for us.
0: I, I honestly do. So, and this is my thing, right? Google Glass. Yeah, they'll sell them, and and there'll be applications for them in industry in different places. But people won't walk around with Google Glass because they look like complete idiots, and they'll get bashed. <laughs> um, but people will not. People won't buy self-driving cars, right? I don't yeah. see myself having one in the driveway to take me to work every day. Although. Just in so, contemplation, why so you not? Think but
1: it'll be like the taxi industry. Correct. I, I think right.
0: you'll find, um, you know, you think about what Sydney's doing with light rail. They're going to rip up George Street, put light rail down. Um, why not complement that with a mid-range? So you've got, you know, you've got people driving, and you've got public transport. What about in the middle? It was kind of a, a public taxi service or something where you get in, you put a dollar in the bloody slot, and you know, it, you tell it where you're going. You've got a list of five choices, and it just drives you there. Um, that's, a, that's very soon And it's funny I saw a tweet today from someone saying You know, we, we thought via the Jetsons We're going to get flying cars No one actually predicted a, a car that would drive itself it was kind of, yeah. It's kind of, we thought we'd we skip did, that
1: We did see at CES This was a, a very popular concept too I think Audi, BMW They were all flirting with this idea oh. But, um, and, and mate You've got to agree with me here though Okay, driverless car, very handy But I kind of enjoy driving I, I, oh, I want to drive, but, and you would be the same.
0: Mate, absolutely. There's nothing I love more than taking a car and just driving places. But, and this is the thing, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky I get to review cars every single week. And, you know, I have, the Bowen and I, uh, Bowen, who loves driving cars and writes them for EFTM, um, he takes them to places like the Putty Road and really gets into them. I, however, have a job and go, go to work back and, back and <laughs> forward, and on the weekends I get to drive. You drive the kids around. Yeah. Mate, f- driving to and from work is a chore and sitting in traffic is a chore and it's not at all entertaining and so even in the best cars and i've driven two hundred thousand dollar cars to work doesn't make it any better in traffic
1: so i suppose the upside of a self-driving car is you can actually get things done on the way to work it's like you know people on public transport they read books and check emails that get stuff done Mm. a self-driving car i guess would do the same thing but tell us though how does it work what sort of there's obviously some high tech involved and sensors and yeah I mean they're, it's they're, got Google Maps on board so it kind of has to know not only to drive itself but also know where has to know where it's got to go so there has to be some mapping and yeah, look, all at sensors everywhere I
0: think at this stage you know that's the big gap in, in what they've announced is it's not really a car that's going to make it to market as is because there's no input for destinations and the like this is more just put it on a, in a car park and let it drive itself around to prove it but what they've proven here is that you know they've proven that you can drive a car you can self-drive a car retrofitter, but what they now want to show is that you can make cars smaller, probably more efficient, electric, and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah. essentially, it's just got like a what looks like a, a Google um, Street View camera on the top, and it's just flashing around, constantly scanning the environment for um, things it needs to know about. It's a great ju- concept. It's a great judging looking by little the thing. look of the
1: car, though Trev, you're not going to drive around many people at once, mate. It'll be one or two people. No, right? it's a two-seater, but that's 2 well. you, you
0: Mate, you sit in traffic. And that's mostly one person in the car.
1: Can you come and and talk to me when it's a self-driving bus, please?
0: (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, you can check out that. I've got some photos and things up at eftm.com.au.
1: Okay, to continue the, uh, the hacking theme of today's episode, we've heard about iPhones and iClouds and, and that kind of incident. Well, uh, there was more hacking involved uh, with eBay. Now, eBay is the world's biggest online auction site and has more than 125 million members worldwide. Well, weren't we all shocked? I'm an eBay user myself. Weren't we all shocked when the news came through that they, they, eBay had been hacked? But not last week. It was hacked in late February or early March. So it was a little bit of a shock, the news, to begin with. But the fact it took so long for eBay to realize it, that's also a worry. Mm. Now, to be clear, no financial information was taken. There was things like passwords, usernames, encrypted passwords, email addresses, your physical address. So enough personal information to do some damage. PayPal, which is also owned by eBay and is the online secure payment system that, that eBay shoves down your throat to use, that was not compromised at all. But it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, Trev, where if a hacker's got one of your accounts, there's a chance they've got all of your accounts because a lot of us are lazy. A lot of us couldn't be bothered remembering multiple passwords. And I think that's the play here with this information. They're going to try you know, my, my part, name and, and password on Every, every type of uh, maybe financial institutions and other areas. So our worry that eBay, the company the size of eBay and with so many members, has been compromised, a little embarrassing as well mm. for them. But they do insist no financial information was taken. They haven't, noticed, they haven't noticed any unusual financial activity. But if anyone's listening that is an eBay member, they did send out a, an urgent message to change your existing password and to keep an eye on your accounts, make sure there's no unusual activity. Well, look,
0: here's my problem. I think it's a much bigger deal than that, and I, I spent a bit of time kind of writing this because I wanted to demonstrate it to to, to some people, you know, in terms of my readers and our audience, because I think this is a much bigger deal than anyone is making out. This is probably the biggest um, security and identity theft fraud I, I, I can remember, because here's the thing. Millions and millions of people, and they say, Okay, we didn't get your financial information. Mate, I'd prefer they had my credit card right now because I can cancel that. What they yeah. have is my name, my address, my date of birth, my email address. They have all that information, right? Now, the example I give, and, and I you know I put some screenshots of it here, is when you get an email from PayPal, which is just coincidence that eBay owns them, but it's a good example because it's a financial institution – you get an email that says, hi, Trevor Long. Da, 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 da. Down the bottom of the email, it says, how do I know this is not a fake email? And it says, emails from PayPal will always address you by your first and last name. Um, right. So now that they've got my email and my first and last name, they can send me emails purporting to be PayPal, which have a login now button, which then fishes me and gets me to give over my financial information. They can well, ring my bank but- and they can use my my date of birth and my address to start stealing my identity mate it worries me more oh, than absolutely
1: anything. i wholeheartedly agree but it goes back to the fact that we need passwords change you need to keep them different so that's our only line of defense here and you're right if you if you you can easily be fooled with phishing scams if they've got your information to begin with phishing scams are usually random and that if you happen to be if you happen to receive a fake email from Westpac and you happen to be a Westpac customer, it could could fool you.
0: What percentage of email customers are PayPal customers? You all... A large e- percentage. Everyone,
1: everyone's got email. You can't have a PayPal account without an no, email No, eBay, address.
0: I said. So, e- oh, every, sorry. so if course. they took a, if they got a million user details, guarantee a half a million of them are PayPal customers. Oh, no, no, you
1: have to be. Every one of them would be a PayPal. You have to be a PayPal user on eBay. That has to be a form of payment... That you have to use, so you can use bank deposit, PayPal. I, I buy, I buy and I buy and sell a lot of comics on there. So, mm. uh, uh, so that, that's how I know all this information. I'm, I'm an avid eBay user. So yeah,
0: all I'm saying is, mate, I, I think change your password for sure. But I think there's a last year problems. I think everyone needs to be very alert and aware. To potential phishing scams from now on, and this—the thing about date of birth—is I worry about someone ringing my bank and giving over my date of birth and starting the process of getting new no, cards fair. sent to me and stuff. So. That
1: is fair, absolutely. Yeah, we've got a—that is a, a a fair worry. It is a genuine concern. Mm. Um, and look, eBay by their own admission, they've dropped the ball here. They're, they've the, the fact that they got through in the first place, but the fact that Huge. it took them so long to discover it. Wow, that that's strike two. Yep. So wow, I think uh, they've got a, they've got a lot of uh, they've got to win our trust back now. At eBay. This is quite. This is a bit of a black mark against them, and uh, yeah, something a lot of people may not forget.
0: Yep. And I think that uh, in the months ahead, we'll, we'll uh, revert back to this this situation and realise why other scams are going on. But uh, eBay hacked. Get on and change your password immediately, uh, and check out info at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au.
1: You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
0: Now, I think this, I think this next conversation <laughs> will will wrap us through to your minute reviews. So, um. You Righto. know, I find this interesting, right? Chromecast, it was about uh, two weeks ago, I think it was Osdroid and a couple others, um, were onto the uh, the leak first that uh, Dick Smith had accidentally listed Chromecast for sale for $49, available May 28, which was absolutely spot on.
1: And, and Tech Guide, by the way, would uh, mention JB Hi-Fi as one of the other stores, and I was right.
0: So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the news was kind of out. And finally confirmed last night by Google. It's available to... Now, right now, it's available for $49. 49 Chromecast is a tiny little dongle, um, you know, no bigger than than the biggest of USB keys, really. But it's a HDMI key, essentially, which you plug directly into your your HDMI port on your television. You then need to power it with a, a USB cable, which plugs into the USB... Of your television, uh, and or, or a PowerPoint if if you don't have a USB available, and then it yep. it basically creates a a wireless connection on your television, which is accessible either via a PC on the same wireless network using you know Chrome browser. You can you know uh, share browser tabs to uh, to your TV, or more importantly from your Android tablets, Android smartphones, or even iOS uh, apps that are linked to Chromecast. It's fantastic for $49 what it does is awesome and what i've had one for about a month and a half now and i put it uh, initially here in the man cave but then i ended up putting it upstairs in the bedroom where we don't have an apple tv so that yep. pretty much every night my kids want to listen to mr clickety cane which is a stupid kids song uh, or the wheels <laughs> on the bus and uh, it's my wife saying kids get out of the bath be good and we'll go and watch mr clickety cane and so yep. i light up mr clickety cane on youtube and then press chromecast and it just sends it from my phone to the, to the TV, to Chromecast. And Very the great heck. the great thing about it is you get your phone back at that point because your phone kind of is doing it in the background, but you can still just check your emails, get on Facebook, and you don't have to keep the YouTube app open Absolutely. on your phone. It's fantastic for that.
1: We, we should point out, I've had this since last year. This has been available in America since 2013, since, yeah. for a fair time. And there's a lot of Australians who actually went over there and brought one home. I think it was 35 bucks US. I bought mine, like... Late last year, and look, I, I I like the device because it's 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 small, it's very simple, very easy to use, great way to get your content. Now there's going to be the inevitable comparisons, and you and I have uh, before the show we were talking about this with Apple TV. Now this isn't an Apple TV killer by any means. Hmm. This is. A, a device that will complement your existing devices. Apple TV strength is the fact that it's obviously tied strongly to the iOS system, but also can be used without a device, but it's got ties to content. It's more than just a streaming tool. Yes. Now, in the US, Netflix was linked to this. Uh, there is some services here in Australia. There's Pandora. Presto that monthly all you can eat movie subscription service announced today that they're going to have a service available through this. So I think there was a lot of excitement for this product and the stories I've written about the Chromecast have gone berserk on my, on Tech Guide. There's a lot of people that have heard about it in the US, yeah. wanted it, were wondering when the hell are we going to get it. Now that it's here and it's so cheap, People have gone out in droves. So how many people have you seen on your Facebook feed with pictures of their Chromecast that they got at nine oh one this morning? None. A lot. Of, lot of. Oh well, I've got a few on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few on mine. Maybe I've got like geekier fellow friends and followers than you. But yeah. uh, there's a lot of people who were keen to get hold of this and, and 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 use it straight away. And I think it's the Android users who thought that this is our Apple TV. Hmm. Now, Apple TV works with a number of devices already. It also it works obviously with, without the device and, and through your TV similar way, but a lot of people think and the, the biggest question I had with this was does it work with iOS? Everyone thought this is just an Android only device, so all those Android users out there, and there's a lot of them, uh, thinking wow now this is for me. So it's more Android slash Google centric, hence the, re, the the huge interest behind it.
0: Look for 49 bucks if you've got an Android phone and or, or tablet and you like watching a lot of, for example, YouTube content, or you use Google Play Music and you like listening to music, buy one because it's a bloody fantastic way to push content to your, to your Google, television. Google
1: Play, Google Play Movies too. Yeah, got movies uh, absolutely. Lots, TV, so yeah, rather, they've, they've got it rather, all. Be, rather than stuck on watching your content on a small device, now you can set it free on the best screen in your house, and your TV. I've put out... There's a bit of an infographic that was sent around today that I've put up on Tech Guide about the 10 things to know about the Chromecast. One thing that, that, that I like, too, is that your device then becomes the remote control for your content. Yeah. And like you said, you can actually do other stuff. while Once you start streaming the content, you can then go and check your emails, and not, mm. it's not going to stop the, the stream. Yeah. So uh, very handy, I think, it's and very simple to set up. And so small, you're not even going to know it's there. It just yeah. plugs into one of your, your ports in the back of your TV and kind of set and forget. It's, I think um, – this is going to be a sellout this product, Trevor.
0: It's a great device for $49. All I'm saying is it's not an Apple TV killer. There are no. other devices on the market that do similar things, but in terms of direct integration with Android, it's bloody fantastic. So if you are an Android user, go and grab one. Um, but uh, to the fanboys of the world, relax, okay? It's <laughs> uh, just everyone take a seat, breathe. Um, it, it's, it's a great product, but we were a year behind. It's not, you know... Seriously, I don't know why they wasted so long. There's nothing special about it at all in terms of the Australian market. So it is a bit disappointing in that regard. Anyway, check out Stephen's musings and and mine uh, on our websites, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Now live from Singapore, Stephen's Minute Reviews, the Samsung Wireless Sonos Killers.
1: No, well, you know, it is the Samsung M5 and M7. Now, I have had a listen to these speakers, and I have to say, just on purely on audio quality, I'm very, very impressed. Uh, they've got great speakers, built-in woofers on the M7, so sound quality. I think audio files are going to be pretty, pretty happy. When they hear these things, now, the connectivity. Now, you mentioned Sonos. It's hard to talk about this product without mentioning Sonos. Sonos were kind of the pioneers of these wireless speaker systems. Now, yes, Samsung, th- these speakers do have very similar functionality, but they do offer things that the Sonos speakers don't. First thing is Bluetooth connectivity. Yes, yeah, uh, such a big deal. Well, you know, it is. it is a point of difference, but – Samsung also make TVs and, and Blu-ray players that work with these with these speakers as well. Yes, you can hook up these, these speakers on your Sonos with your soundbar and all that. But Samsung have just expanded their ecosystem. Now Sonos will still continue to exist. They'll still be very popular. Samsung have sort of entered this market now and just trying to show that music is a social thing. It's not something that we just stick on headphones. Uh, they're triangular in shape, very nicely designed. So it can be uh, s- sat flat on, the, on a surface, uh, upright on its side, even wall-mounted. They look quite good wall-mounted. They st- they're 399 for the M5, 499 for the M7. One of the downsides, though, is the fact you need to buy a hub with the devices as well. You do that with the Sonos too. You need the Sonos Bridge. With the Samsung, you do need a hub that's got, I think it's another 49 bucks, so that it connects to your network, creates like a mesh network in your home, and then you can add you know, 10, 12, I think they tested it with 12 speakers on through the one hub, and it, there was no loss of audio quality. So you can re- literally fill your home with sound with the M5 and the M7.
0: All right, check out um, those great products at techguide.com.au.
1: Two blokes talking to you. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennex.
0: Now I reckon if we went back in time, just a few years, it would not have been our prediction that here, one hundred and sixty one episodes later, we would be talking about smoke detectors.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, Trev? This is technology that can save your life. How Bloody many o- products how many products can claim that? Not many. What the Quell, which is a company owned by Chubb, Quell has a new worry free smoke detector. Why is it worry free? I hear you ask. Well, why is it worry free? It's got a a 10 year battery on board. So this has got a a sealed lithium battery. Samsung should talk
0: to them about the Galaxy Gear. (laughs) Okay,
1: that's a subject for another week. But the (laughs) Quell worry free smoke detector has a sealed. Lithium battery on board. So you know how most smoke detectors and the ones at, at the Fennec residence, I, I, uh, they're backed up. I've got a mains backup on mm. my uh, on my my smoke detectors. Mm-hmm. But in case there's a blackout, you need a battery. Correct. So you've got to change it. I think the, the traditional practice is to change it when daylight Day-like saving savings. comes around, change the 9-volt batteries, and then – Bit of peace of mind. Well, with the Quell, you don't even need to connect it to your mains because it's going to be linked. It's going to be working for ten years. Now, the downside of this is that in ten years you can't just change your battery. You need to buy a whole new smoke detector. The mm. smoke detectors are about. They start at about forty six dollars, I think, from memory. Here, let me just scroll down here on my story, and uh, they're available from Bunnings. They do start at forty six bucks, and there are different smoke detectors for different rooms. So for the kitchen for example there's an algorithm on board that's not going to set it off for these those nuisance smoke you know, cooking smoke incidents uh, the the hallway version has a light to guide you on your escape path the bedroom has a spoken alarm system as well as the high-pitched 86 decibel alarm to sort of wake you from your sleep, uh, a better chance of waking you up. And the living area detector has can detect those slow smoldering uh, fires that start in synthetic materials like a couch or some other, like a carpet or something like that. So the full range, you can see them at Tech Guide. And as we said, this is tech that can save your life. We shouldn't stuff around with this. It is a good investment. Everyone should have a smoke detector. Quells are worry-free for a reason. They've got a 10-year battery and full pricing and report at techguide.com.au.
0: And that's a wrap for episode 161. The only people that paid to be involved in this program were Netgear, proudly supporting the great program. Everything else is our opinion and our thoughts. Uh, Stephen, uh, great to have you company from Singapore, and I think we're going to go global for the next few weeks, mate, with uh, you and I travelling a little.
1: Yes, we are. Yeah, I'll be reporting in from San Francisco next week for the Worldwide Developers Conference. And the following week, I'll be in New York, the Big Apple once again, for the Samsung Galaxy event. I think we're going to see a whole range of new tablets. And where will you be going, Trevor? I'll
0: be in Sweden. For, uh, in the week that you're in New York. So uh, it's going to be a very global two blokes talking tech for the next couple of weeks. We look forward to your company over the next few weeks. As always, get in touch with the Say Day on the old tweets at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick with a PH. Great to have you company. Thank you for downloading. Stephen, I shall talk to you next week. I don't know if I'll ever see you for the next few weeks, but I shall talk to you certainly next week.
1: I am missing you, Trevor, but yes, you'll see me in about a month.
0: Okay, that's just getting awkward now, Stephen. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Goodbye.